Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is March 28, 2019. I'm so glad and honored to be here with you once again. This is the 362 episode for the Bright Side with Technicia, and we're still continuing on into the sixth season. I'm very excited. And here with me, I want to give you a little bit of background about the guest who I have on today, John Nelson, who is the author of the novel Starborn, Transformations, and Matrix of the Gods, originally published by Hampton Roads Publishing and I, a human published by Cosmic Egg. He authored the nonfiction book, The Magic Mirror, which won the 2008 COBR Award as Best Book of the Year and Best Divination System, and more recently, A God of Energetic Healing. Nelson was the editorial director of Barron Company in the mid-1990s and Anna Ocean Publisher in the early 2000s. He is the owner of Bookworks Limited, where he edits fiction and nonfiction books for a variety of authors and publishers. This includes The Sacred Promise by Gary Schwartz, The White House Doctor by Doc Mariano, The Twelve-Step Buddhist, Yoga and Twelve-Step Path, The Buddhist Feast, Bright Light by Dee Wallace, and the YA novel Avatar Magic. Nelson has been a yogi and a mediator for 50 years and brings an expanded consciousness perspective of all that he writes. His fiction is usually a blend of hard science, science fiction, and psycho-spiritual insights. But here we will be talking about his newest book, The Miracle of Penny, which is strictly spiritual or visionary fiction. Nelson's two non-official works are based on his own personal spiritual exploration. And you can visit his website, which we'll give you at the very end. So I am just glad to have Mr. Nelson on. Mr. Nelson, how are you today? Thank you so much for taking our time to be here. Well, thank you for having me, uh, Tanisha. Yes, it's a, it's a pleasure. We're around spring. It's a good time. We're doing a lot of pollen here in Georgia. But I'm glad to have you on. Where are you calling there from, Mr. Nelson? I'm, uh, I live in uh, Maui, Hawaii. Yeah. How's the weather? The weather is, um, we've had, you know, when I tell people that uh, we've had a cold winter, they laugh at me because our cold winters are like 70 degrees or 65 degrees. <laughs> and uh, oh. but it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a little cool, but uh, it's, it's usually lovely. You know, we've had some nice sunny days recently. Uh, how's the weather in Atlanta, Georgia? Oh, it's it's warm and then sometimes it's cold. So we're in a little bit between. We just started spring. We have a lot of pollen going on, so that's messing with the allergies. And I just found out I have allergies, so I must have been taking Allegra. But other than that, the weather has been pretty good for us. Okay. And uh, so uh, you want me to tell you a little bit about my novel, The Miracle of Anna? Uh I sure do. Let's go off with the first question here. Who is of your novel, and what are the circumstances of her birth, as you talk about? 
Well, Anna uh, is what we would call an awakened child. Um, when she is born totally aware, of course, as an infant, she can't speak, and the only way she can communicate with her mother and reveal to her her extraordinary state of being is telepathically, which happened early on. But uh, Anna is uh, what, what we might consider, uh, especially in the Eastern world, uh, a Buddha child. Uh, she's totally aware. Uh, she's in contact with uh, spiritual beings. She remembers her past lives. Uh, and so she's a totally awakened being. Uh, now, uh, her mother is the devotee of a Hindu guru in Northern California, uh, although she doesn't live at the ashram. Uh, and her her uh, guru had foretold the birth of Anna and her her sanctity, if we would call it that. So uh, Anna is like to- is born totally awakened, uh, and her mother, you know, her mother uh, has who has a consciousness as well, uh, not an advanced consciousness, as we start off the book, but eventually Anna's energy uh, elevates her energy as well. But uh, that's the circumstances of her birth. She is like uh, totally awakened, and by that I mean she. She, she sees the spiritual beings that surround her. Uh, she she sleeps like most infants sleep, but during her sleep, she's not REM sleep. She goes off uh, with her spirit guides into other dimensions of spirituality and then comes back. Uh, so, yeah, this is the circumstances. We'll call it of her birth. And and also the challenge for her mother and, and as she develops the challenge for her society as well which is like totally uh, is totally irreligious we would say at this at this stage and and so as she grows you know eventually at, at two years old she can talk she can communicate with her mother uh, the first thing that her mother has to do is to restrain her from waving her arms and hands as they're going at, when they're out in the public and communicating with the spiritual guides around her <laughs> which becomes a little disruptive so that is the circumstances of Anna. This is how this is who she is, and the challenge, of course, is how do you raise a totally conscious child in an unconscious world, uh, especially with uh, uh, and one of the one of the um, uh, and I've written several articles and in, in magazines, uh, uh, international magazines about this situation because what I see Anna. And what I wrote this novel for is to show how our children come in with a spiritual consciousness and we impose on them our mental orientation before that spiritual energy can get really rooted in their consciousness. Uh, It's interesting that in the East, many uh, spiritual adepts, uh, Ramakrishna in particular is one, uh, the Hindu Ramakrishna, uh, didn't get schooled until he was like 10 years old. Uh, the saint, Hindu saint that I model Anna after, is Anandamai Ima, who grew up in the 1890s and early 1900s uh, in rural India and, and hardly ever went to school and was what we would consider illiterate. And so that becomes a challenge for the mother as well because Anna uh, resists being overeducated or even as a child, and she prefers her meditations. She prefers, she's an artist, her mother's an artist. She prefers, you know, 
painting pictures of celestial beings. So, yeah, this is this is the challenge for her. And what I would like to the the argument or the topic I would like to bring out in a general discussion is, you know, how we take our children and make them mirror images of our own insanity, if if I may say. <laughs> Tanisha, what do you say about that? <laughs> well, well, what gets me about Anna that she seems so different, like you were saying, she seems so different from other children. But you, but you did mention that all children are already born with having a conscious mindset already. Yeah, well, every child who's born, just look in the eyes of an infant, uh, and you don't see you, you see that spark of light that they come in with. Uh, and that same spark of light that you see in infants, you see in uh, self-realized masters like Ramakrishna, the picture of Ramakrishna with those beautiful eyes of his, I know soulful eyes of his. So that's what I'm saying is that children come in, maybe not as, a, as aware as Anna, but they come in with a spiritual consciousness. And I believe our task is to nurture that consciousness and let it get rooted in the, in the child's up being uh, and then, you know, after it's firmly rooted and she can make choices or they, or they can make choices, then we, we introduce them to our world and and gradually let the two blend together instead of overimposing on them our, our point of view. I mean, our way of operating, our mental way of operating, our ambitions for them, I could say. Right. Um, but how do we go about as far as it goes, now we see Anna as a conscious child. Now, how do we, how do we become a conscious parent? How do we end up correlating with our own children on this? Yes, um, you know, I think, and this, I think this, this is, you know, Anna has a mother who she's American uh, uh, and Western, but she uh, is a devotee of, of Hinduism, but. I think this applies to Christians, Muslims, uh, whatever the religion. Uh, I think mm-hmm. what what we need to do. I think what this reflects is that they and and Anna, in fact, resists. She doesn't want to live in the ashram with her Hindu. She doesn't want to become uh, an advocate, at least early on in the book of Hinduism, of her particular, she wants to let her consciousness develop naturally. And this is what I'm trying to say, that we need to allow our children uh, to develop their consciousness naturally. And so what the mother needs to do, and and Maggie is pretty two-fisted about this, and she resists uh, influences that would move Anna in, in, in any direction other than what she herself chooses. Uh, that becomes a challenge for us because – we want our children to integrate within our world, and that's. But we want them to, you know, the, the challenge is, and this is what I brought out in a couple of articles I wrote. The challenge is that we want them to improve our world. We want them to make our world better. We don't want them to change our world, and this is what the challenge is, because this kind of a consciousness uh, is not going to, it's not going to blend easily and improve our world and make us bigger and better egos and mental giants. It's going to undermine that to a certain extent because true spirituality is a connection with our God self and, and our higher self, no matter how we, we interpret that. So uh, that 
and and that can be much of a problem. And I think this is what Maggie, uh, her mother, Maggie Langford, her mother, sees and how she shelters Anna uh, early on. Uh, and but then the the problem becomes not the problem, but the challenge I should say becomes is as she grows older, she's two, three, four years old. Uh, Maggie discovers that she can heal anybody of any disease or any injury almost instantly, uh, which is – and in the East, there are yogis, there are saints who who had this, this power of touch. And so what her mother uh, is afraid of is – not afraid – is, you know, if she starts healing everybody, they're going to start lining up outside her door, and, and that's going to become a problem for everybody because – uh, it's not that she doesn't want her to heal people. It's that uh, it, early on, um, you know, they would make her a child celebrity. would make her a, a child guru. They would, in, they would impose on her our view of what spirituality has to be and let, instead of letting it naturally evolve. So what she decides on and what her mother, uh, in concert with her spirit guide, uh, decide on is that Anna – first has to ask the spirit or soul of the person who comes into her realm in terms and needs healing. And, and often the case is that they resist the healing because the disease or the illness or the injury is there for a purpose to help evolve that particular person's soul, especially with children. Some children come in with disaffections that are part of their right. soul's past. Yeah. And so, you know, so, but, so Anna, you know, learns to do that. She learns to do that. And, and again, one of the advantages of having a child like this is that she's able to transport her spirit and then eventually her mother's spirit to what I call like an astral park or a, a, like a heaven-like sitting where she meets her, her guy, Joseph, and they, and they can discuss these kinds of these kinds of situations. And eventually she, you know, when she goes to the ashram for a celebration, she whisks her guru there too, uh, who gets a little bit intimidated by the spiritual presence of Joseph and, uh, and who is such a spiritual luminary. But uh, so, yeah, it's, I, you know, I've had, a, it is an unusual story to say the least, you know, it, it, especially in America, especially, you know, we're not used to this. This is more common in the East where they've had people, where they had many cases of children who remember their past lives. I've modeled that a little bit after that because in most of these cases that I've researched, it doesn't turn out well for the, for the child or the parent. So it's a difficult situation. But eventually, um, Anna, as she grows older, is able to discipline herself, gets a little more discernment, develops her mind, and um, and is able to uh, address issues on her own. So, any is there a further question as to what I'm talking about? <laughs> well, we can see that Anna is naturally in. We can see that she's naturally intelligent all the way. More naturally intelligent than our average child of the same age. Um, probably we would call her. So. Why does she even resist being overly educated as a child, or what mode of expression does she prefer? Well, she is naturally intelligent. Now, Ananda Ma Ima, who uh, um, 
I modeled um, the, the story, the, uh, Anna after to a certain extent, um, was unschooled. I mean, I think she had like a year of, of formal of education in a hut in northern India, but she was naturally intelligent. And as she grew older, she was able to converse and talk with heads of states, prime ministers, uh, celebrities came to her. Yogananda, who, who the famous Yogananda, mentioned her in his book. There's a whole chapter on her in his book. Uh, and she was able to converse and deal with the questions as well that people came to her because she was naturally intelligent. Uh, what the difference is is that we all we come in with this natural intelligence, um, but we the the educational process uh, uses a system a comp- that 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 uses examples that are you know more associated with our socialization. You know when she go when 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 Maggie wants to homeschool Anna, she has to go to like a, like a, a uh, consult. Uh, you know, the, the school system has to approve this. She has the ed- educational requirements and the degrees. But one of the things they talk about is education is not just about um, learning the three R's. It's about socialization, especially in kindergarten and the first and second grade. It's about socialization. And it's about – but that socialization – is about bringing that natural intelligence, that natural spiritual spark of that child, and into a setting where she fits in with everybody else. And the whole idea of, a, of individual of an individual spiritual spark is that it doesn't fit in; it's unique, and uh, and that becomes a challenge as the story evolves. One of the challenges as the story evolves. From there, we speak of her mother's concern in your novel about her extraordinary healing ability. What are some of her concerns, and what does her spirit say about its usage? Well, you know, again, Maggie, Maggie's concern, Maggie's, you know, Maggie's challenge and her concern as a mother, um, which of, of, which applies to all mothers, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, I've, I'm, I've never had children myself. I've, I've lived with women who've had children, but I understand that you want to protect them, you want to nurture them, you want to allow them within whatever social milieu that that you are, uh, the, the advantages that they can take it, that that, that it can be afforded to them. But with with Maggie, uh, she need, you know, she, her concern is that. Anna is able to naturally develop. Now, uh, and so, uh, and, and what happens, you know, and, and and the other side of this, you know, the other side of this, you know, is that, you know, the book's concern and the book's challenges is about the child and, and what's good for the child and, and how, but the other flip side of this is how spiritual children evolve us as well. You know, having a child yeah. like this, it evolves us because it puts us in touch with that natural intelligence and spark that we all have, but we but have been yes. socialized out of us. And so what what happened yeah. with Maggie being around the Buddha, you know, twenty four seven, you know, after a couple of years, she turns, she you know, she she's educated, but but and she's always yes. she's an artist, and so she becomes a children's books 
children book author and has best-selling children's books modeled after Anna's development. And while it's it's more secular, uh, the, the idea is that how Anna connects with others through that heart energy of hers. Uh, this is this is what uh, this is how and it evolves Maggie. Maggie and this becomes a problem because Maggie, you know, <laughs> Maggie is single. Um, she was con- uh, Anna was conceived with a coupling with a uh, a young yogi that she met that Aunt, that Maggie met at a retreat. Uh, and who's not in the picture early on, but uh, so everybody wa- everybody thinks, well, you need to get a husband, you know, you need to get, you know, you need to get married. I mean, don't you have needs that you need to fulfill? Don't you need a man in your life? And Maggie just shakes her head and says, no, you know, I'm fine like the way I am, because what happens as we evolve, that energy runs up through our bodies, uh, we evolve a consciousness that allows us more mm. choice than the natural impulse that most of us feel in terms of our connection with other. The connection for her becomes a spiritual connection. How do we connect at a spiritual level, a heart energy level, before anything else is involved? And so she becomes very involved by this as well, this whole process. And But, again, the book, the first book, I, I, I conceive this as a, as a series and this and. Uh, I, I ended the first book when Anna is about seven years old and would be what, in the first or second grade. Uh, so, so that's the other thing is, you know, how a lot by allowing our children to develop the spark, we are the spark of divinity that we all have in us and that we, most of us, um, myself included, uh, had to reclaim later in life because it's gotten socialized out of us. Uh, how does that affect you know, and, and how does it affect the people around her? And you know, it's 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 a very what can I say? It's a very elevated concept and story. But I think as we as we're going along, and we, we're become our technology is moving us further and further away, and making us more and more mental, and 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 what it requires us to do. I think that. This kind of balance is what we what we need, and I think this kind of focus and this kind of discussion is what we all need to have, whatever religion we're in. Again, this is this applies, you know. And Anna talks about uh, the Christ child, she, and she is compared to the Christ child. And uh, in fact, uh, and you know, in fact, Maggie, one of Maggie's, uh, one of Maggie's, uh, one of Maggie's points of view is that. Um, she mentions that Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 33, until he was 30, I believe it is. So she's saying, you know, we don't want to push Anna into this, but the circumstances of her society and her life do end up with a confrontation that eventually evolves her into becoming, at an early age, a what is called a Hindu, not Swami, but Swamini, which is a female, Buddha, female Hindu uh, priest of sorts. Well, you know, you mentioned you were talking about the fact that how children sometimes they they kind of make us cautious because I feel like um, if I had not known about how my daughters actually reflect a part of me that I feel that I lost contact with, then I probably have stayed in judgment of my daughters 
being a little slower than I am. I feel that before I even had my daughters, I was much faster. I was ready to move on to the next thing. And I, I, I try to change them to fit in with the with my way of doing things. And I would have to consider them to be the problem. But instead, now I have to actually look at it like, no, they're not the problem. It, 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 it's, it's becoming, uh, I guess I could say yeah, I would get it. Um, as me being a teacher, as her being a teacher for me, them both. So it kind of opens up oh, my yes. consciousness as much as Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. Exactly, you got it there. That's exactly what I'm saying is that if we nurture this in our children, they become our teachers as we teach them our ways, they teach us their ways. And the idea is, uh, there's a there's a great Swiss psychologist was it he's he's passed on now called uh, Jean uh, Piaget and he talked about what he called stage specific and he talked about this uh, in terms of our mental development but I also think that applies to spiritual development or the whole child and that the first stage is to allow the child to uh, to to this inbred consciousness to flourish and then the second stage or the third stage as we're going along is to educate them. Once they've this, and so so I'm not advocating that we just shut our children off and let them meditate all day and and not have a connection to the world because that's their challenge and their obligation as well is to bring that energy out into the world uh, and to uh, enliven our society with it. Uh, So, but that, so there is a stage and this is what happens in the story is after Anna resists reading and uh, and developing her mind, she eventually does do that, and uh, and eventually does learn a little more mental discernment, uh, and but it's a natural next stage for her. It's not something that suppresses her spirituality, but helps her better express it. And this is what I'm saying: we need to we need to allow our children the freedom to develop that first, and then the second stage is they, they, they develop their social and mental selves in order to ex- better express what they naturally are and naturally have into our world and introduce it and enliven us and become our teachers, like Jesus as a child taught in the, in, in the temple, you know. And, and, and so, yes, yes, Tanisha, they become our teachers if we allow them to um, – but if they, but you know as we as we see too often, uh, they by over and superimposing our point of view on young children, they grow up to be problem children. They grow up to be um, aggressive. They grow up to be um, you know they they if we they know innately that what they are is being funneled in a direction that's not natural to them, and they resist it and 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 continue to resist it. And and it doesn't turn out well for them, their families, or our society as well. Exactly. I definitely agree, John. And it also causes that conflict in your relationship with your children when you're not open to that. They probably, they probably would have felt that I didn't understand them at all if I didn't have a connection. So those are things that we have to do. We have to actually connect with our own children, get an understanding, don't pressure them into being something that they're actually not um, 
constantly, but this is a, this is amazing. You guys have to actually get the book, and we would definitely make sure we give you that information. Um, what does John? I want to know what does Anna's insistence, the unfolded of her spiritual consciousness, tell us about how we raise our own children and what expectations we impose on them? Yes, um, you know, again, I think. Uh, you know what? What the, the core issue here is that we have developed um, an ego mind and an ego consciousness, uh, which is not our real self. And I'm talking about parents now. I'm talking about us as adults. Uh, and what happens is that ego self of us. Uh, is like a social. It's like a Anna calls it her talkie self. It's like a socialization, and it's protective of itself. And so, what we have to understand, the challenge here is an examination of ourselves as well. Because what happens is we're trying to protect that ego side of us. We're trying to protect uh, its desires, its ambitions, its needs to be supreme, its needs to be individualized, its needs to, to go out and, and have all the best technology and show off who we are and what we are. That is what happens here is that we're protecting that ego self. And so when our children come in with this spiritual spark and, 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 and resist what, you know, what we, what we see as our essence which is a false self, which is the ego self, that's where the conflict comes in. And we want, and, and unfortunately, and, you know, 99% of the cases, we impose our point of view, our ego consciousness onto these children and, uh, and try to and turn them into miniature aspects of ourselves, or miniature versions of ourselves, I should say. And it doesn't, it doesn't turn out well for them. And I think a lot of the problems we have with our children and a lot of, and you know uh, is due to this challenge and this this us imposing on them instead of allowing them to naturally develop you know and so i think that's a challenge and i think you know what we have to do as adults is to examine ourselves first we're the source of the conflict you know we're the source, and we have to evolve ourselves if we want to. You know, I said in one article, I said maybe it takes a Buddha mind to understand a Buddha child. So we have to understand and examine ourselves, and that's called self-examination, which is part of the spiritual path. So uh, if we want to properly nourish these children, we have to nourish that, that part of ourselves as well because that's where we connect with. Otherwise, we just impose on them our little insanities, our need to be supreme, our need to be the highest and the best and the most important. You know, that's not us. That's our ego talking, and that's what we're trying to turn our children into, and this is what they're resisting and why we're having so many problems here. I think. Right. And again, that's just my point of view, Derek. (laughs) No, I agree with you all the way, John. You know, even in in this novel, when other children and parents are finding out about Anna's with, um, spiritual being, it was it was scary for others. So a lot of people are like that in reality. There's 
scared of or know of. So then this leads to a confrontation with the school board. Um, now we, we're battling with jury and God here and whether we should take this belief because uh, of course, we all know prayers out of school, so we don't believe in this type of stuff that spirits being. Um, and that became Maggie's worst nightmare here. Um, what was exactly the turnout for Maggie, if if you don't mind, just giving us a little bit of details on that, John, of, of this situation? Well, what happens is, you know, and, and, and I'm – what happens is that, uh, you know, fortunately for Anna, she has a, a mother who has a spiritual consciousness. She has a, a spiritual teacher and a guru uh, who is really well aware. And also uh, Mahima, who is the, uh, is the guru in the story, is American. She's not, she's not Hindu or Indian by birth. In fact, she's, I think she was, she was raised Irish Catholic and became a Hindu later on in her life. Uh, she understands the ways of the world, and she has a lawyer. And so what happened is that Maggie comes to them, and they both, the lawyer and the guru, advises her to homeschool Anna so that, uh, you know, she, she she doesn't get introduced into a school system uh, with, which will would no doubt alienate her. So Maggie gets a homeschool certificate. Uh, she, she, you know, she graduated from the University of of California, Berkeley. And so she is able to uh, homeschool Anna, uh, which seems to work out fine. And then uh, in the small town of San Luis, San Luis Obispo in California, which is about halfway up the coast, uh, a little north, about 100 miles north of Santa Barbara, which most people know better, uh, there are some Hindu, there are some Hindus in the air, Indians in the area. Uh, and she is convinced to to bring in a couple children to uh, into her school, uh, to, uh, since she can to you know who you know parents who don't want uh, their children going into the American school system as well. And so she homes she brings in some children. She homeschools them. And what it's interesting because these other children um, uh, have been you know they're they're six or seven years old now. And they've already become very Americanized, even though their parents may be Indian, uh, and this is their second country, their second language. Uh, they're, they're more Americanized. And so the first day, you know, the first day, instead of taking a nap in the afternoon, Anna sits there and meditates. And they want to know what that is, because they've never <laughs> been exposed to this. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, and so she's meditating, and she says, what's that? And so, one of the bo- and so when it gets explained to one of the boys, that it's shutting your mind off and, and just – and she said, that, well, that's stupid. Why would you want to do that? Why, so, you know, that – you know, within this – within I'm sorry, what's that there? I think – I forgot the boy's name in the novel, but I think the father name was Hari. Um, yeah, Hari. Yeah, Hari is – yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. And he becomes – one the focus for the climax of the story because what happens, and eventually, you know, uh, her, his father is uh, in, is is like uh, very intellectual and uh, and reason why he wanted to homeschool his child because he wanted uh, his accelerated development. But 
uh, eventually uh, Hari, I mean, uh, Amin, I think his name is, becomes, uh, uh, starts to meditate as well because Anna's energy affect, affects everybody who comes with, within her vein. You know, she, it, it, her energy affects everybody. So he becomes a little softer. He starts to meditate as well. And the, and the father, uh, you know, the father is alarmed at first and, and has a, a parent-teacher meeting with uh, Maggie and wants to know. I th- she said, I didn't know this was a religious school, that he, that he would be getting religious instruction. And so uh, Maggie said, "Well, this, you know, Maggie says this is this is this is not formally a religious school. I, there will be some some religious instruction later on, but meditation is not instruction; it's counter to that." And so the uh, and so little Anna is there, and uh, and Anna, uh, I think Anna, you know, is questioned by him. And and once they want to know, you know, a little more about the child who whose energy is is affecting their their boy, and so Anna tells her, she said, so you meditate. She said, when did you start meditate? She said, well, I, said, I was meditating when I was in the in, when I was a, in the crib as an infant, but I couldn't cross my legs because I was too small. <laughs> so she, so she tells them, you know, she reveals to them, and the mother is totally affected by what she her little story that she tells them. And then the father is, and then finally Anna just says, and your mother uh, approves from the other side. <laughs> and then he breaks out and starts to cry a little bit. So she's in touch with the, 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 the guy's dead mother who's, on, who's, is, who's in one of the schools that uh, her, her, her spiritual guides talk about. So he understands that, and, and, and we go on with that. But what happens for the climax of the story is that as I said before, Anne is able to to take her her spiritual body to what we consider an astral park and talk with uh, her guide, which is Joseph, and is able to bring her mother's spirit there. And and at some point, she's also uh, does that with her guru. Well, towards the end of the uh, first year, the first grade, uh, and uh, Maggie, who <clears throat> gets inspired to read them a children's version of the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, which is uh, it's, which is the setting is a little you know I'm not going to get into the whole story but part of the story is is that uh, there's a dispute over who should be the next king and uh, and once and 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 the the, the Arjunu, Arjunu the, the 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 main character in the story uh, finds himself uh, warring against his his parents and. Uh, his uncles and 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 it becomes a problem for him, and so uh, and so he uh, brings in Krishna, uh, who's their god's their god image, uh, who who's his charioteer, and and there's a long discussion about how war is also a conflict within ourselves, and so uh, the the boy doesn't understand this. And so he disputes this. And he says, "Why doesn't he just beat them all up? Like, uh, like, why does he just get a hammer out like Thor and and smash their heads in? You know." And and so it becomes a problem in the discussion because this little boy's seen too many Avenger movies, and he thinks that uh, you know a spirit, a spiritual power should be able to wield that kind of physical power as well. So Anna gets a little put out by 
by the discussion and his reluctance to to really see what's happening here. So she whisked all five children to to the Astral Park where, you know, they are, they are amazed what's happening and a little scared, to tell you the truth. Uh, and, and Joseph instructs them and talks to them and is able to, uh, because of his spiritual status, is able to solve the dispute with the kid. But, of course, the boy goes home and tells his, his father. And his father is up in arms about this whole story, about them going to a, a natural park. And, and, and so he takes them out of school, the last week of school, and, and threatens to go to the school board over, this, uh, over what has happened. And so, Anna, and so Anna, uh, you know, the story goes on, and Anna goes to India to see her father, who's, teach, who's, a, guru, who's a, a yogi over there. And she comes back, and Maggie discovers that the school board has uh, – has questioned Anna's psychological state of being and what mm-hmm. uh, her beingness is exposed to the children of their fair city is being exposed to. And so they, they, they've arranged a meeting in the confrontation between Maggie. So Maggie, you know, goes to her guru, who guru brings in the lawyer. Uh, they, they test Anna, psycho- they bring Anna into a psychologist. They test her, they verify all this stuff. And so, the climax of the story is uh, them going before the school board, uh, Anna, the lawyer, and his, her mother. And Anna just, you know, Anna just put her, you know, when the lawyer tries to run the show, Anna just put her hands up and says, look, I'll speak for myself, you know. And so she just answers their questions. And the, the pure beingness and the, the pure beingness of her uh, self uh, wins them over. They can see that she's a noble order of being whatsoever. And of course, and you know, there's a case in California where the great Christian Murdy lived in Ohio, which is north of Los Angeles, for a number of years. And so uh, this small town wants to get their own Christian Murdy. So the mayor is much more open to Anna, uh, and and hoping that she will, um, you know, she will she will create a. A, a presence here that will draw people from around the world and whatever. So they, they're able to, to get over this. And, and what happens is, you know, the school continues. It becomes a religious school, uh, a, um, a more elaborate uh, contract is made with the parents so they know what they're getting their children involved in, that Anna is a spiritual guru, a spiritual being, and, uh, if, and she, they will be affected by this. So yeah, this is how the story takes on, but then that's only book one, and so I'm and I'm anticipating writing a book two, which I'm just about ready to start, where I will take her into her teen years and her early twenties, and I want to show uh, how a spiritual enlightened being, child, teenager, a twenty-something girl, uh, you know how they interact with our world, and and Why? how different I, I, it is from. Yeah, from how, you know, she doesn't, you know, the interesting thing is, is that she doesn't want a cell phone. Cell phones don't work around her. Television doesn't work around her. Her energy is such, in fact, there's a funny story in the story where they're in the park. And she's only like four or five years old and, and some kid brings a boombox in. And uh, and so she just expands her aura and she turns it off. And the, and the kid gets up and walks away and her mother says, did you do that, Anna? And uh, and I would love that book, John. And she said, I would, I would love to have. What would you say? To have that novel, John, because I'd like to see how she coped as now getting into the teen 
um, stage and then get into adult stage? Will she be able to interact with others as well? Um, will they still be able to understand her? Will she be able to have that relationship with uh, a time in her life? So very only just the beginning. I feel like we're watching the ghost whisperer. The show that yeah, I'm, this is uh, I'm going to yeah, this is this is just the beginning of the story, uh, and you know, uh, but again, you know, from a practical point of view, uh, you know, I you know this this first book. Um, if it does well, I'll write the second book. You know, I will continue to write the second book. But, uh, you know, the first book uh, has to do well with people, and it's getting a reception. Uh, there's a little video, um, and, and I'll email this to you. There's a little uh, video that the um, trailer that the um, that the publisher uh, uh, put together, which tells the story uh, very nicely. Uh, and so far on Facebook, I've gotten like uh, 4,000 people have, have viewed it. And it's getting, it's going viral a little bit. You know, people are on a daily basis. I'm getting 50 inquiries for new friends who want to see this kind of thing. So there is, you know, out there. It does seem the people that does seem to be, and there there are a lot of people who've come. To, there are one or two people who've come to me who are, are concerned about these issues about children and their spirituality, and and so these are these become and this is becoming this book is becoming. Uh, you know, a, a a a something that they can use to influence others to to rethink their consideration of how we raise our children. So there, so it's evolving, and I, I do want to. I, I'm really interested in seeing how the story evolves as well, because again, like see, like people say, well, but you know what's going to happen? I said, no, I don't know what's going to happen because I'm not writing this book. Another part of me is writing this book. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah. What I do is I sit down, and you know, I I have my from years of writing. You know, I have a structured mind, and so I know how to structure things. But the inspiration comes from some other aspect of myself, and so it, it, sometimes I just let it go, and I and I follow its lead. And and this is how this story evolved. I didn't know how it was going to end until I got to the ending, and <laughs> and and. This is how spirit. This is how spirit works, and this is, you know, the mind wants to wants to plot everything out, wants to control everything. But spirit doesn't operate that. And if you want to have a spiritual consciousness, you want to follow a spiritual path, you have to allow it to to you have to follow its lead, not let it follow your lead and the mind's lead. And so this is the challenge of all of us, and the challenge that Anna faces, especially in her teen years and and her twenties. This, this, this is, it's, it's amazing, because we're seeing all this elevating energy throughout this book, and it, and it flourishes, Maggie flourishes, and now we're hoping for this novel for everyone to understand. There's a child out there someone has holding right now, and they're trying to elevate. This is, it's nothing to be shown away from. I'm, I'm sure there has been plenty of talk on this, and um, actually just reading into this, there have been cases of children who have lived in past tense and actually feel like you're reborn again, actually. That's what it is. But I'm hoping for this novel to go far, and, and when it does, I'll be waiting on the next part of Annie Lifestyle because this is just on the part, it's on the beginning of her, part of her growth. Well, all the challenges that she had to conquer 
and go through all the truth of the outside world. This is this is a wonderful novel, John. I really appreciate having this in my hand. Well, I appreciate I, I appreciate your openness to my uh, to my story, and I believe the last time we talked, I did mention that uh, my family is from Georgia. <laughs> my uh, oh yeah, my family. Yes, my my grandfather, who I'm named after, went to Georgia Tech and graduated in 1904. So uh, I'm a hometown boy. <laughs> Yes, me too. Born and raised here. Born and raised. Uh, John, this is what I want yeah. to ask. So go over. I probably didn't miss it. I hope I did it. Um, but how do you tell a child who could spontaneously heal any injury or disease that she must do it quietly or or not at all? How do how do you stone away? Because that don't seem to be safe. I, I wouldn't want to tell a child to not to hide your ability to do things. Well, you know, what, what, again, and this is just one expression. See, this is, this is a spiritual expression, but it's just one expression of her consciousness. And so, the, and what her, her, her spiritual teacher tells the mother and the child is that, you know, we all have a spirit consciousness within us. And so, you know, and that directs our directs our path. And so, what the child has what needs to do is to contact the spirit of the person who who's asking for the healing, and to see if it's in alignment with uh, its with their development. Uh, and what happens? Uh, there's one case where uh, there's a boy who has uh, leukemia, and that plays at the park with her. And she immediately recognizes this and wants to go over and heal him. And her mother says, "No, no, no, no. Let's wait. We have and let's ask." And so they they, they go to their, their, their and the guide and Joseph tells them, "No, this child, uh, you know, asked it." And so Anna asks the spirit of the child. She says, "Not now, not yet. There will be a time. But first of all, this is something that he and his parents, not just him, but he and his parents, uh, have to go through." And so. Uh, eventually, he's the boy's dying in in the hospital, and uh, the mother's crying at the park. And Anna and her mother Maggie go over and, and discover that he's you know he's 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 only days away from dying. So she asks, and now the boy's ready. And so she goes to the hospital. Uh, she just holds his hand, and eventually, um, she passes the energy needed, not for instant healing, but he. he it pulls him back from the edge, and eventually he gets healed of stage four leukemia, and uh, and it's a it's a miracle, and nobody understands, <laughs> and nobody figures it out except the mother, and the mother, you know, meets up with, you know, comes to the park, and thanks Anna and her mother, and she said, well we just visited. She said, don't, I know what happened, <laughs> I was there, I could see it. And I just want to thank you, and your secret is safe with me. So that is, you know, and that's just one expression. The other expressions are that when we deal with children, you know, we can talk to their higher selves. We can go into meditations, and we can talk to their higher self, and they can talk to our higher self. And we can have a mediation between and have that higher part of them instruct us on what to do, you know. 
Should they go? Should they do this? Should they do that? The higher self or the soul self of the child knows what what is best for the child more so than we do. And the idea here is to create a bridge between our higher selves and their higher selves. And this collaboration will benefit both of us. So you asked me. To me, that's the that's to me the, the methodology that we would use in dealing with such children mm-hmm. and in dealing with ourselves. You know, I const- you know I have a spirit guide, I have an angelic guide that I'm constantly talking with, and uh, she says, you know, she often says, "I'm not your major domo, John. <laughs> I'm your your spiritual guide. You know, ask me questions. Don't ask me to get your reservation at a restaurant." <laughs> yeah. So, so. So yes, uh, I think to answer your question, that's how you might proceed with ch- with a child of, of this nature uh, in terms of their development and their effect on you and in and their interaction with others. Right, and we, I, I guess we can all agree on it's just difficult to just have your own spiritual practices out here in this world and, and living in today's world. I mean, because everybody's so close-minded when it comes to spirituality and religion itself. It's a big, it's a big open discussion and a battle sometimes even doing it. That's why I don't never get into it. But, John, once again, I thank you so much for sharing it. I have the pleasure of just having this book on myself. And that's a hard um, John, tell us, um, tell us all where we can actually purchase your book from. Well, actually, uh as I said, I've been going on Facebook, and um, and I've had people ask me this question, and uh, from Tibet to South America to uh, to Europe and Africa as well, uh, and it's available worldwide on Amazon. Uh, in the in in the U.S., you can buy it from Amazon, you can buy it from Barnes and Noble. Uh, I believe okay. it might be in some books. I think it might be in some bookstores, uh, but I think the best route at this point is to go to Amazon and you can get it at Amazon. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it'll instantly show up on your doorstep, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, oh. oh, the other thing is, you know, that would help the cause. If you want, you know, in quotation marks, the cause of uh, people go into bookstores, I mean, and uh, Barnes and Nobles and bookstores and ask for it. Right. And enough people go into bookstores asking for it, you know, eventually they're going to put it on the shelf. But, uh, but right now, uh, the the publisher is English. We have a good American distributor of the book, uh, and and so I I do I've had people tell me they've seen it on the shelf in San Francisco and Los Angeles, but I think uh, right now uh, your probable best bet would be to uh, to go to to go to Amazon, The Miracle of Anna by John Nelson, and, and you'll, you'll come right to it. Uh, you can also go to my website www. Uh, JohnNelsonBookWorks.com, and there's a link there to the Amazon uh, site that sells the book. So I'm not selling it, but the Amazon. So you can you can do that as well. Thank you, John, for that information. I want to make make sure, like you said, we got to get this novel out there. We want to become one of the top best-selling novels ever. So you have to go and ask. Let's be persistent. We be persistent on everything else. We want to make sure that we push for this book. Even if you already have it, go back in and ask them. You got it on the shelf yet? Oh, you have it? You should get it on the shelf. Go down. Go, <laughs> go around. Barnes, Barnes and Noble. I definitely know that one. Go on Amazon. Ask for it. Inquire for it. It needs to be 
It needs to be on that top selling list, and we want to push for that. I'm claiming that for John today. We are claiming that. In God's name, we're claiming that. Uh, but before I leave you listeners out here, I want to give the cue for the day from my friend Mary Ellen and also with a former guest on my show. Find joy in being alive. Notice how your moods affect others and how other people's moods affect your own. When you have appreciation for everything life offers you, you then have a desire to share this joy with other people. As you go about your day, imagine a light in the center of your body that continually glows with warmth and delight. You may also picture passing this light to others. In order to brighten that day, should you come across a person whose mood is sad, try to lift their spirits. Do not allow their mood to bring you down. Today, find joy and just stay alive. Enjoy the day, everyone, and keep your spirits up and bouncing. You find any negativity, start uplifting. If it doesn't work, just keep going the other way, and God bless them. But it has been a pleasure. Um, I'm hoping to have you back on, John, when the second novel hits, because I know it's coming. Yes, it is, and I want you back on this show, because we can't wait to see how Anna grows up. I want to see what's in store for her next. But we got to push well, thank you, people. Thank you, Tech. You're welcome, You've been John. a wonderful host. You've been a wonderful host there. Thank you. You enjoy yourself in Hawaii. I hope one day I'll be able to end up going. Yes, I want to go. <laughs> okay. Thank you, dear. Bye. You welcome, John. Bye, darling. And good night. Okay. Goodbye, my listeners. I appreciate you. I'll see you next time on the Bright Side with Tech Nature. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 